Welcome to another episode of Today's Tick. My name is Trent Scheidecker. I'm a chiropractor and I'm also an advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Each week we like to study in an inspiring principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thanks for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. Nature needs no help, just no interference. Reggie Gold, chiropractor. In today's profession, we have many different forms of chiropractic technique, which includes the location and analysis for the correction of vertebral subluxation. And in today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding of one of those forms of chiropractic analysis called advanced muscle palpation otherwise known as AMP. Our guest is Dr. Nick Spano, chiropractor and teacher of AMP for over 35 years. Dr. Nick was trained by the originator of this analysis, Reggie Gold, and then Joe Strauss. And this technique utilizes the muscles that are protective in nature and are available for analysis for the location and correction of vertebral subluxation. And as always, as you listen in, make sure you share us with your classmates, colleagues, and feel free to tag us at Today's Tick on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So let the class begin. We are live, and I have with us a very special guest. This is Nick Spano, chiropractor and a big advocate for a technique. You may have heard of him before, but I'm going to open it up and let him introduce himself a little bit. Nick, why don't you share a little bit about yourself so everyone knows uh, who you are and where you're coming from. Sure. Uh, first of all, hello, Trent. Thanks for this opportunity. Um, I'm a chiropractor in a rural area here in Pennsylvania, the mountains and the hills of Pennsylvania, Canton. And uh, I'm a graduate of uh, a school that was uh, then called um, ADIO, uh, the acronym Above, Down, Inside, Out, which later became Pennsylvania College of Chiropractic. And um, at the helm of that school, the person that founded the school was Dr. Reggie Gold, the uh, legendary Dr. Reggie Gold. And then uh, shortly thereafter, it was Dr. Joe Strauss. Uh, they introduced me to uh, a method of analysis, um, which was then also called the audio analysis and is now called advanced muscle palpation. And um, I've been uh, teaching, I've had the privilege to teach that method for the last I'm going to say going on 35 years and uh, even prior to that as a student, um, it's a method that lends itself to uh, specificity and is based on um, a trust for the innate intelligence, innate intelligence of the body, the inner wisdom of the body. Um, essentially, we're looking at the deep, small muscles of the spine to uh, find the level and the direction of the subluxation. Um, if I had to summarize the method itself, um, it's, um, it's simply, th these little muscles are simply a reflection 
of what the central nervous system is t attempting to do with that vertebra uh, uh, based on the understanding that the subluxation is not only a real phenomenon, uh, a local phenomenon within the spine, but that um, central nervous system is aware of it through mechanoreceptors and responsive to it through the only active tissues, uh, the muscles, that can possibly respond to the subluxation. I can say I just, let, let me, yeah. let me, uh, let me, uh, Troy, because you're, you're giving us a ton of wealth of information. Huh? And I just want to uh, slow your roll a little bit because uh, <laughs> I, I, I pulled out some uh, tidbits of information along the way. And I just want to uh, uh, make it, uh, I just want to slow you down because you've got so much wealth of information up there. So you're telling me that, uh, the advanced muscle palpation technique is um, analysis of the muscles. You're, you're analyzing the muscles, and those muscles determine the location and direction of uh, the vertebrae that is subluxated um, to give you more information on where to produce the adjustment. Fill us in, and, and fill us in a little bit on the muscles, because uh, I think the, the conversations that you and I have had before is muscles almost get kind of a uh, therapeutic rep where a lot of times people are talking uh, muscle palpation and you think that uh, there's uh, a, a necessary a spastic muscle and it needs to be massaged. Uh, dive in a little bit on the, the muscles. I think uh, that's a great point. Yeah, well, it's kind of gets lost in the middle of all the camps and divisions in the profession. Uh, within what we would call the straight camp, there are those that think anything related to soft tissue has to be in the therapeutic camp. And there are those that in the therapeutic camp, if you will, if there is such a real hard and fast division, I think it gets a little murky, to be honest. There's overlap. In very clouds. Um, there are those in the therapeutic camp that uh, would assume that uh, muscle activity is independent of what's going on in the vertebra or subsequent to it. In other words, it's uh, pathophysiologic response to the subluxation or to some sort of uh, nerve interference. Um, the truth lies somewhere in the middle where um, we're not palpating the muscles in an effort to uh, treat muscle tension and we're also not um, uh, looking at the muscles as if it's secondary to some pathophysiologic process. We're seeing this as a homeostatic or a physiologic response to the subluxation. In other words, it's a healthy response. That, in fact, why, was why uh, Dr. Gold called these little muscles, the, the, this activity, this mechanism that we're interpreting, he called it working muscles, meaning the muscles are doing something good to the vertebra. They're trying to make a correction. They're trying to stabilize that joint at that level in the direction in which the CNS understands that vertebra needs to move. So it's a homeostatic mechanism. It's a positive thing. It's very subtle. We're not talking about spasm, uh, you know, gross muscular spasm. You're, you're correct, right. me, correct me if I'm wrong, but in your manual that you've uh, put time and energy into, it's even defined as a reflex, correct? Uh, yeah. it's. Um, the only, yes, I agree. Uh, the only problem with using the term reflex, um, reflex implies uh, something that's strictly automatic, meaning um, 
like uh, A equals B, you know, X, B equals C, uh, but superimposed over every reflex and certainly over the stretch reflex are, you know, all sorts of choices that the CNS, CNS has, the central nervous system has yep. to control that reflex. And in this situation, it governs um, the stretch reflex through the muscle spindles at a really uh, precise manner because um, protection of the spine, particularly, protection of all the joints, but particularly protection of the vertebra comes in at a very high priority for the central nervous system. And, and we know why, because the spinal cord is involved, the spinal nerves are involved. So um, as I've said in previous um, seminars and, and interviews, um, and I believe we've said it in a prior uh, interview, there's a redundancy there to protect the vertebra from subluxation. So you have uh, super abundant mechanoreceptors, including muscle spindles and ligamentous receptors in the spine, more abundant than anywhere in the body. Perhaps there's as many, maybe in the TMJ, uh, there's a lot of uh, muscle spindles and mechanoreceptors in the foot, but the spine is known, scientifically known, for um, having this rich abundance of these little stretch receptors, receptors for the sake of protection. There's also a backup for protection of the spine in ligamentous receptors that happen to activate the same little muscles to correct the subluxation. So um, right there, we know that the spine, because of the central nervous system that it houses, because of the spinal cord that it houses, has um, a high priority for, you know, the creator uh, built in all these protective mechanisms for a reason, including all the, uh, all the, the engineering of the spine, the architecture of the joints are very protective. The discs, the discs are very protective. It's a very unique, um, um, very unique it's, engineering. Then on top, what's that? It's humbling. It's humbling yes, exactly. how much. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And um, the there, there's. Um, I was going to oh. Uh, built right into the central nervous system itself. This, this is uh, difficult for some chiropractors to grasp because we, uh, we kind of skip right over it. But when you look at, scientifically, when you look at the attention that is given to these mechanoreceptors um, based on percentages, you realize that this is a very real thing. So think about the fact, if you go back to your, our chiropractic training and, uh, you know, back in college, uh, physiology, uh, we know that the um, typical muscle fiber is called an extrafusal fiber. And the reason that's important is because these little mechanoreceptors called muscle spindles have a different type of fi fiber embedded called intrafusal fibers. And so we have these little fibers within the belly of the muscle spindle protecting the joints. And these little fibers are just scattered throughout every muscle. And yet, you know, 
it's there's a disproportionate attention given to these fibers um, because we know that 30% of the motor uh, motor nerves are dedicated to the muscle spindle, to the intrafusal fibers. So if, if, if you didn't follow all that, or not you, but anybody listening didn't follow all that, we've got this small number of fibers within the belly, belly of every muscle, and they're called intrafusal fibers within the muscle spindle, this little protective mechanism. And they're, again, they, they're uh, profoundly less than the regular skeletal muscle fibers. But there's a disproportionate attention given to them from the central nervous system to govern these mechanisms because joint protection is so important. And then you stack on top of that, that there's this abundance of these little mechanisms within the spine. And you start, a picture begins to emerge where you see we're not just making this up when we say the, the brain, the body uh, is, is really uh, uh, leans right. into protection of the vertebra. Um, yep. So ch chiropractors have known that right along, but they've never seemed to make the connection to these little muscles, that these muscles are protective in nature and uh, available uh, to assess, to, to add to all your other indicators. If you're using leg checks, great. If you're using x-rays, wonderful. Motion palpation. Um, uh, even instrumentation to be more specific in your adjusting, to, to, to examine the spine and use as analytical indicators. This is another indicator that's built into the system, meaning these little muscles are right there at the spine uh, protecting the vertebra, and when once once they're activated at the level of a subluxation, we can assess them. We can see there's something else, something unique going on at that level. And then if we understand that it's based on a stretch reflex, one of the most basic reflexes in physiology, this stretch reflex is built into the system to protect the joints. Uh, now we know that it's really. Um, highlighted in the spine because of, again, the numerous muscle spindles there, but also because of the, uh, the percentage of the nervous system dedicated to govern this mechanism. And I don't know if I said that well, if I summarized that. No, well. that's perfect. So let me, uh, as a consumer listening to your knowledge, let me bring you out a little bit because you were so into the detail of what these working muscles uh, have going on on the inside. Uh, let's bring the audience out by saying, give us an example, just one. Let's just say T, T3, T4 um, segment level of a working muscle that would indicate uh, to you in your analysis that a vertebral subluxation is in that segment and uh, and a chiropractic adjustment would need to be facilitated. So uh, give us an example of that so that we can come from maybe more of an applicable standpoint because you just gave us the science, so let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the art of it. Sure, so break it down a little bit. So you're walking up the spine with your fingers, you're, you're um, close, in, close in to the, to the spinous processes, you're, you're palpating, 
uh, and this is a form of static palpation, simplifies a very complex, um, uh, the whole thing is very complex, but static palpation um, uh, makes it more accessible. You're walking up the spine on either side of the spinous process. Some people would call it springing the soft tissue, as you might spring a, you know, a end feel of a of range of motion. But here you're just springing the muscles on either side of the spinous process. Um, and these are very small, deep muscles. So the, the subtlety of, uh, 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 of the tension is not, again, it's not like a spasm. It's a very uh, small muscle, very subtle activity, um, very deliberate activity. So it's not um, this shotgun approach that you would find in a spasm. Anyway, you're walking up the spine, uh, you get to T3, and um, what we call, you're doing what we call seesawing these muscles on either side of the spinous process. With your fingers, the medial aspect of your finger still touching the spinous process. You're seesawing on either side and comparing side to side and above and below. And you find this um, unique little pattern of activity at T3. In this situation, I'm going to simplify it a little bit more than we even do in the seminar, and we're going to say you find activity on the left-hand side of the spinous process. Um, and these muscles uh, angle up towards, you know, they're part of, the, uh, of, of uh, a group, of, a larger group of muscles, but the individual bands angle up from the transverse process up to the spinous process of that vertebra, and you feel this tiny little band that seems to be subtly active. Now you can go above it, back down below it, make sure that it, it, it's not going to disappear underneath your fingers. This tension doesn't go away. Uh, as a matter of fact, the more you palpate, the more obvious it becomes. And um, let me, let me, as a user of your technique or of this technique for the last eight years, let me just uh, throw in my uh, two cents of wisdom. It, it almost feels like resilience, like a resistance uh, or a resilience within the tissue. So a working muscle has, uh, uh, you can push and you can feel that, uh, that, uh, that action. You can feel the resistance Absolutely. within it. We like to say that um, these muscles, like, because when somebody's first learning this, suddenly everything's a working muscle. You know, they find them everywhere. And uh, we, we know that that's not true because subluxation, while subluxation is, is a real problem and a universal problem, and uh, I like to say they're more common than cavities for the teeth as an analogy for patients. Um, you may find subluxations on multiple levels, but they're not on every level. And so if somebody's finding, um, you know, everything feels like a working muscle, they're, they're, they're they're using this incorrectly. Um, I like to say that a working muscle, when you push on it, it pushes back. There you go. Yeah, in the sense that you can't push past it. It's, it's there, it's resilient, as you suggested. Some people like to compare it to, um, I've even compared it in the past to like a tight rubber band, but it's a tight rubber band that basically stays tight. And that's, that's a poor uh, just mental image, but unless uh, someone that's using is someone like, like yourself or in a seminar like myself, unless somebody put, that's been using it puts your finger right on one of them, it takes a while. 
It takes a while for someone learning on their own to, to, to walk up and down the spine and say, okay, here, here, here's a, I have confidence. This is Reggie, a muscle that's active. Reggie What's Gold would always, Reggie Gold, uh, before he passed, would I always say to us or say to myself, it's like drinking wine. You know, you first start drinking wine and all wine tastes the same, but over time, uh, true wine uh, expert can taste the difference between California grapes and grapes coming from Italy and grapes coming from South America. It, it's there. It's real. It takes practice. It takes practice. It takes practice. So yeah, I uh, love yeah. that analogy. I, I remember uh, hearing that analogy, Reggie used that analogy in person. And uh, of course, that, like most of the things he said, it was brilliant. Uh, and it's true. You, you, there are some people that have, um, you know, uh, I, I've stumbled across many people over the years, many chiropractors who are just intuitive about this. You introduce them to the concept, you show it to them once, and instantly their, their uh, skill, their, their ability to distinguish these muscles is off the charts. They're just exceptional. They have exceptional sensitivity in their fingers, and they're just good at it. And uh, um, we've oftentimes been criticized that there's no inter-examiner reliability. Well, there's no documented inter-examiner reliability because I, I don't have the wherewithal to really uh, – I'm not a researcher. And, and the times that I've attempted to do that, I've done it poorly. But um, in the seminars, the level of agreement, like, like we'll, we'll – We'll find uh, throughout a weekend a handful of students or chiropractors emerge that are tracking with my palpation every single time uh, we have a different patient lying on the table. Uh, every time I make my way around the room and it's like a, a round robin kind of thing where we switch doctor, patient, examiner, uh, examinee, and I get to that station. And that doctor, you know, that chiropractor, or that student is on the same exact level as I am and with the same exact listing. And uh, we know that, well, again, in any given seminar, there's at least 20%. Sometimes, sometimes it like 50% of the people are all high-fiving. Like, that's exactly what I got. Yeah. So we know, we know this is a real phenomenon. It's been... Uh, let me just say that I didn't discover this. Really, Reggie just brought it out uh, to us. But any practitioner, whether we're talking about osteopaths or physical therapists or um, uh, chiropractors, anybody that turns himself with the spine has found these little muscles, uh, described them in different ways, understood them in, in various ways, but um, – has always stumbled upon these deep muscles and said, it seems like, with an osteopathy, they'd say, it seems like wherever we find a lesion segment, that's what they called it, there's this muscle activity. And chiropractors used to call this, uh, back in the days of BJ, um, uh, taught, it, it, right in the back of Stevenson's text, taught in tender fibers. And they yep. were trying to understand. They're still used to that. Yep. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah, so, so let me let me throw you a plug, Nick. Where where do where do uh, chiropractors or students or someone who wants to uh, increase their effectiveness with a spinal analysis for vertebral subluxation? Where do they go to learn this technique? Well, um, 
there's, there is a course being offered presently um, by the ICPA, um, and uh, it's um, there. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Ron Castellucci is teaching a course. It's essentially advanced muscle palpation. He's an exceptional right. instructor, and it's how to use this method uh, examining babies. Uh, it's very, I would say there's a lot of parallels and similarities to my course, and and Ron and I are going to be doing a lecture together down at Sherman right. this year. Um, I'm also still actively teaching. Uh, my seminars uh, are more or less, more or less a uh, grassroots phenomenon. When somebody contacts me, as happened just two days ago, uh, and said, hey, where can I take your seminar? I said, well, individual chiropractors uh, in their locale will, like you're doing uh, – there in uh, Minnesota uh, are organizing and promoting the seminar to their local chiropractors. And so you put together a group of 25 to maximum 40 chiropractors. I don't like to do more than 40. Actually, I prefer uh, right between 30 and 35 chiropractors. That gives us enough people for sampling of the different variables in other words, the examinees, there's enough subluxations in the room and enough variables in those spines to give everybody a lot of experience and for it to be a dynamic experience. Uh, so anyway, it, my seminars are uh, organized um, on an individual basis by uh, local chiropractors who have um, generally they're in leadership in their area and they're, they're, they're respected and looked up to by the local chiropractors. And, and so I may do six, eight, ten seminars a year That's correct. Uh, as, as chiropractors request them. Um, so uh, if they want to take my seminar, they would have to, uh, on Facebook, look at the Advanced Muscle Palpation Facebook page, and they'll find the local seminars posted there. Um, or they can organize the seminar themselves. There's also the online manual. Um, it's a little bit stale in that, you know, you're, you're getting the mechanics of which muscles we're looking for and how we're interpreting them. But it's, uh, it's a real steep climb for somebody to, uh, you know, dedicate themselves to not only figuring out which muscles and how we interpret them, but then going about and finding those muscles on their own and not being quite sure if they're feeling correctly. I, in the past, I've had people come to seminars and say, hey, I learned this through your manual 15 years ago. That was me. <laughs> okay. And then uh, tune in, uh, in in a seminar. You know, the, it's an easier – they have an easier time than just the average yep. practitioner seminar because they already have the basics down. But there's an aha moment every week. Every time uh, I have somebody like that in the seminar and they'll say, oh, now I get this. Now I can fine-tune this. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that uh, uh, has evolved through many years, through decades. And um, personally, I've um, uh, tried my best to hone my skills every year and and get better at this. Again, there's some people that jump right off at the beginning and they're just good at it. And there's others like myself who have to gradually yeah. and slowly improve our skills through time and effort and discipline. 
And, I would uh, say that's the majority of us, and that's why they call it private practice. It, it takes time to get good, and it takes practice. And I will plug you and say that uh, with this technique and what you've done for uh, the documentation, it's allowed me to grow my practice uh, in a very family-friendly atmosphere, uh, uh, large volume cash practice where I can provide services to all ages in a, in a very effective manner. So I applaud you for what you've done for the, for the profession. What can you do, um, or let, let, let me ask you this, what would you like to wrap this conversation up with um, by plugging the technique, I guess. Well, I, you know, what I've, what I've said, thank you. I, what I've said so far, may, maybe is a little bit difficult to follow or dry, perhaps uh, a little bit uh, science. So I, I'm just going to, I, I want to finish up, wrap up by saying, uh, I'm very passionate about this. After using this my entire career, um, I still to this day get very excited, not only about teaching, but using it in the office. I find it's the heart and soul of chiropractic. It, it, it brings not only subluxation into focus, and, and you're finding subluxations in real time, but the level of confidence I have in the office using this method, um, I, I would like every chiropractor to have. It, it um, you know, it, it seems from all my experience and all the feedback I get from the seminars, uh, the testimonials are right there on the advanced muscle palpation page. It seems to raise anyone's confidence that's using it. Your, your, uh, even practitioners that have been in practice for a long time um, after the seminar um, get very excited. And they, they, they're, maybe for the first time, they're like, wow, I, I, I can correlate this with my leg checks. I can correlate it with my x-ray. I can correlate it with my instrumentation. And it's real. It, it tracks with these other indicators. And in, in, in my mind, it's, um, it's not only bringing you right to the heart of chiropractic philosophy, because we're trusting the innate intelligence of the body to tell us where the subluxation is. But there's this immediate feedback, this, this real-time feedback. You find the subluxation. You find the listing, you introduce a very light force because it lends itself to a gentleness because it's so specific. You, whether you're looking for a cavitation or a change in leg, leg length or instrumentation changes, the muscles themselves change spontaneously, instantaneously. And um, even though we're not relying on symptomatic feedback, um, I can just say, it's dramatic, the changes, whether we're talking about working with infants and uh, parents get back to you and say, that night, that night, uh, the yeah. baby slept through the night, or um, their, their digestive problems were eliminated or reduced, or uh, w whatever symptoms they came in for. We're correcting subluxation for the sake of improving uh, their overall potential or, or, or optimizing their potential, increasing, um, you know, optimizing the central nervous system. But patients oftentimes are coming in for their symptoms, whether an adult for their pain or a child for just, you know, improving the, ba the basic function of the body, the physiology of that child. And we see such dramatic changes. And oftentimes, let's say with an adult, um, again, they're coming in thinking that 
uh, you're treating a condition or a symptom. We know that's not, uh, that's not completely accurate, but the, um, the feedback they give you is often, hey, I've been using a chiropractor for a year or 10 years, and I've never seen such dramatic changes in my body as I've seen with this method in just a handful of visits. Sometimes in one visit, people will say, yeah. wow, this made more of a difference in one visit than my last three chiropractors made in months or in years. I've and heard so, the same thing, yeah. And so it's another way to, uh, another thing that reinforces to me um, that uh, this mechanism is uh, authentically tied to the subluxation. Do we need more research? Absolutely, we need more research. And I think every technique, um, except perhaps uh, something like CBP, that's looking at spine a little bit differently, but they've done a lot of research. You know, good for them. Credit to those techniques that have done the hard work. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm still looking forward to the day when, when we have that sort of research for muscle palpation. But the truth is, this is built on basic science and there's more research documenting the muscle spindle and the stretch reflex than there is for anything else out there in healthcare. It's, it's, it's one of the oldest mechanisms that we've studied. It's, it's agreed upon by everyone that this is a protective mechanism for uh, joint health. And so I get excited about it on multiple levels. Yes, yes. We, we all feel the excitement and the knowledge that you yeah. share just within this short conversation. It's phenomenal. It's even brought my level of uh, conviction and clarity uh, up a notch. So I'm looking forward to having the next conversation and practice with my clients because I, it's easy. It's an easy enough conversation to have uh, with general public on this is how I locate subluxation and this is how I correct it. So uh, to, uh, uh, you, you gave a great plug to advanced muscle palpation. It's, uh, is there anything else that you would like to maybe point the students of chiropractic, so the student of chiropractic, um, in the right direction uh, before we end this conversation? Well, yeah, um, maybe taking a little bit of a uh, – down a different um, trail here, uh, digress a little bit. Um, I've oftentimes um, gotten feedback that uh, students and chiropractors have um, – improve their confidence in general by, uh, you know, again, leaning a little bit more into the philosophy. Some people think the philosophy is passe, but somebody like, um, I'm going to uh, plug John Minardi. Uh, Dr. Minardi seminars combine the science, the philosophy, and the art. Um, and we're all, um, and there's others, but uh, I, I, I really uh, enjoy uh, John's approach to, to uh, subluxation and the way it affects the nervous system. Uh, that's just an example, um, but we are all uh, beholden to people like Dr. Gold, who uh, was phenomenal on the lecture circuit and in the schools, but now Dr. Joe Strauss, um, whose blue books are really, uh, are, you know, break this down, our, our trust for the body and the different way our, that we look at the body uh, through the prism of innate intelligence has, has really, everywhere I've gone, chiropractors and students credit Dr. Strauss and his blue books 
with uh, waking them up to uh, the beauty of uh, philosophical chiropractic. And it doesn't mean that you have to divest yourself of science or of research. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just the opposite. Our, 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 our science, our, the research in chiropractic, uh, Heidi Havoc and others are beginning to see the profound, yeah, that profound insights from 100 years ago when this profession was discovered uh, that, that now are being confirmed through very high-level, university-level research. And so I would suggest to students and the chiropractors, avail yourself of those blue books, of um, seminars, focus on, our, on the, the beauty of our philosophy, avail yourself of um, instruction like the ICPA, which does a wonderful job of incorporating uh, science and philosophy. Avail yourself of uh, good technique seminars that, that still focus on the subluxation and, and really ignore the naysayers who are, uh, you know, the malcontents that are trying to denigrate uh, philosophical chiropractic and trying to dismiss the subluxation as an old passe concept. Nothing could be further than the truth. I it's agree. coming yeah. into focus now. It's coming into view. And I like to believe that I make a little bit of a difference with advanced muscle palpation because it's where okay. science, philosophy, and art come together. It's where they intersect and overlap. So well, I, I look that helps. I look forward to uh, getting you out here to Minnesota and uh, and participating in your uh, you know professional mission of bringing the philosophy, science, and art together through AMP. It's been a, a huge success in my practice, uh, personally, professionally, um, and uh, just with the like you said, the results from care speak for themselves. Um, so. I applaud you for all you've done. I appreciate you for spending time out of your personal schedule to have this conversation and record it and share it with others so that we can continue to uh, help each other. Because I, I believe uh, the more I do this, the more I realize I need to be a student of chiropractic and uh, you're a great mentor and a great person to, uh, to be the, the teacher of chiropractic. So, Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate that. And I like uh, the poster behind you with the child being uh, examined and adjusted. And over your left-hand shoulder, the word potential. And really, that's yeah. what we've been talking yeah. about the whole your inner potential. Enhance your inner potential. That's what I was stumbling yeah. on trying yeah. to say. That's yeah. really what the practice is about. It's there. And, and so our conviction is uh, everyone has uh, the potential within them. Uh, we just need to remove some interference to it and step out of the way. And this is a great technique for that. Again, thank you for your time. I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing you in person and, and uh, continuing this, uh, this mission I have as well to help, help more chiropractors, help more students, uh, help, help, help the profession by coming together. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I love it. Thanks, Trent. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you enjoyed with it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. This is your first episode. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. 
and be a champion, be a hero, and send them this episode. You never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. BJ Palmer. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical condition, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. And in addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.